The Man War Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical, paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com and use the promo code MANHOR. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Manhor Podcast. Shout out to all you Fauci fetishists and Newsome nymphs, to all the Cuomo groupies and Whitmer slaves. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Andrew Cuomo, is his nipple pierced? Is it not? Does it matter? Dude, just cancel the rent. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to my show. Uh, this week on the podcast, I've got on award-winning trans porn star Jesse Dubai. And she's got quite the story to share with y'all in a little bit. But first, I got some I got some sad news. I have an unfortunate announcement to make. I will not be throwing a man whore con in New York City this August. Um, even though New York City is doing great, kicking the coronavirus's ass. Looks like we are getting on the other side of it over here. You know, who knows? The rest of the country ain't that way. And who knows where we're going to be? Just too much is changing week to week. And I would hate for so many of y'all to, you know, make travel arrangements and put in for time off of work if you're working again or to spend the money and, and just for it to all be canceled like a week before or days before. And during this pandemic, I just, there's just no way for me to throw Manhorcon in New York City the way I want to throw Manhorcon, the way I, I feel like you deserve to have Manhorcon thrown. So um, I will not be attempting, and we will try again next year. And that seems like a perfect time to do the fan whore appreciation moment, okay? This is the part of the podcast where I have to give a few shout-outs to some of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Uh, I want to give a shout-out right now to Leah Howard. Oh, honey, we miss you and your hot ass and your hot husband doing the hot stuff together in the peep show. We hope you'll be back. You are very much missed. Thank you so much to Caitlin Bowden from the Badass Army. I love it when I have on uh, somebody on the podcast and they had such a good time that they decided to become a Patreon member. Isn't that cool? Thank you, Caitlin. You're doing great work fighting the revenge porn. I want to give a shout out to Chris. Always fun when you pop in uh, to the to the peep show. And hey, you know what? Shave your pubes how you want to, dude. It's your dick, it's your pubes, it's your body, it's your choice. And I want to give a thank you to G... Not G-Unit, not G-Thing, but just G. I love my Nordic whoreheads. Someone tell me how to say stay slutty in Viking. I want to know that information. And yes, you too can become a member for as little as $2 that gets you access to my private Patreon-only posts, gets you a shout-out on the show, and gets you exclusive access to the Champagne Room. Hey! Once again, become a member today and support the podcast at patreon.com slash podcast. And hey, if you're not really one of those like monthly subscription type of people and you just want to do a really nice one-time donation, uh, my Venmo, my Cash App, my PayPal are all in the show notes of this episode. And now for this week's guest, Jesse Dubai. Uh, this is again, this is, I think, 
Yeah, this is the my final recording from the this year's AVN Awards from this year's uh, Adult Entertainment Expo over in Las Vegas. You know I go there every year. And this is the last one of that batch. We uh I I do want to just address and apologize for the planes apparently we were recording when the the nearby airport decided to send every plane that they had in just that hour. Um, Jesse Dubai has got quite a story. Uh, I'm not even going to try to tell it to you. I'm just going to say it's a little bonkers. It sucks that it happened. It sucks that the laws are designed the way in which that they are, that it would allow for this to happen. And I'm going to go ahead and let Jesse Dubai tell you her story. Let's get to it. Jesse Dubai, hello there. You were nominated for uh, Best Trans Performer of the Year. Yes, I'm so excited. Last year, I wasn't nominated um, because I took like a little <gasps> forced um, sabbatical. That's this one way I, to phrase it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a forced sabbatical. What can you do? Well, now that I'm back and, you know, once again, I'm nominated for all these mm. awards. It's like, reminds me, makes me feel like the beginning the first year when I started doing porn, that same year I started like being nominated for like all these awards. Well, I mean, why don't you tell us about this forced sabbatical, <laughs> which is like I said, an interesting way to to phrase it. Um, I mean, it's no secret that on 2016, 17 around then, mm-hmm. I was accused of a very serious crime, just basically for. Be, having a friend in in common, you know, even though I didn't agree and I didn't, you know, participate in anything, I feel that I got persecuted and charged, if we can say, just because of being Jesse Dubai, because being who I am. Because mm. at that moment it was like elections time, and my persecutor was like up for an election or something. I was oh, accused no. of human trafficking of a minor for sexual purposes. Oh, and yeah, it was very serious. And when the police, when the FBI came to my house, immediately in my mind, I'm like, how can I help them? What can I do? What do they need from me? I'm a good citizen. Yeah, I would like to assist. Because I haven't done anything. I actually was like, oh, is this like in the movies? Like, am I going to help them? Are they going to like ask me to be under? Let's get the guy who yes, did this. You know? <laughs> and then they uh, subpoenaed me. And I had to cut my trip short from New York. I come to Denver. I, as soon as I arrive on Sunday night, by Monday morning, I had to go. Um, I got my subpoenaed by the someone that came knocking the door. Mm-hmm. The next day was my, um, you know, my appearance in front of a grand jury. And immediately I was like, I don't need a lawyer. I'm innocent. Like, what do what you went in without a lawyer? And I didn't have uh, enough time to get a lawyer, and I needed to be there. So I got to a point that I I felt like I got tricked. Well, of course, you know, you you definitely got tricked. If if they tried to tell you, "Are you have time to get a lawyer?" You got time to get a lawyer. You're allowed one. They're like, "This is not a judgment. This is just for us to know we're not against you, but we we need your help to put this person that." we think did it you know um behind bars because you know this the girl that you met apparently was a a victim of human trafficking and i was like oh my god i had the feeling and i was and i told them i could kind of tell and i tried to help her so um one i i used to go i used to go to school when i was in denver i started going to school for uh photography 
because I wanted to like, you know, start in the production business mm -hmm. since I already am a model and an entertainer. So I also started at that moment, I started thinking of doing my uh, mentor, you know, project of like helping other girls that want to get out of escorting, wants to get out of prostitution or wants to get out of like mm -hmm. any of that stuff into actually becoming legit models, legit, you know. Like adult, adult as well? Adult or? industry, yeah. Because yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't became a model, you know, until I saw myself as one, until someone believed that I could be, uh -huh. and until someone gave me a chance. So there's a lot of girls out there, trans girls. My focus was on trans girls sure. to help them and, you know, help them become someone like me if they wanted to, you know. Mm -hmm. But of course, just like in any industry, I need paperwork, I need contracts, I need IDs. We need to make everything by the law. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's a reason why we're moving from, you know, walking the streets to becoming producers, directors, you know, whether we're transsexuals or straight. So that was my purpose. Uh, I meet an Uber driver that he became like my regular. He got to a point that I stopped. Your regular Uber driver? Yes. Okay. He, he stopped, got, he got to the point that I didn't, um, hire him through uber anymore because he was like yeah you just hit him you just i was like call up Jim. how about if i just call you and you just come every morning pick me up at the same yeah. time and then pick me up from school at the same time so if you get a ride to the airport or something let me know but otherwise i'll know that you're outside waiting for me sure. you know so in the in the trips I had phone conversations. He could tell what my job was. And of course, I spoke with him. Yeah, my name's Jesse Dubai. I'm a porn star, this and that. And then he starts telling me about, you know, having these girls that he drives around. But the way he, you know, said it was just like, you know, it's just like you. They call me and I pick them up. And sometimes they, they don't feel comfortable and they ask me to stay. Mm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been there. I, I know what you mean, you know. Long story short, one day I tell him about my project of, you know, helping girls, you know, become an actual, streets, or get yeah. off the streets and becoming a, 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 a successful, you know, entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. If you're going to sell your ass, at least be a professional, do it the legal way and be, become someone out of it. You know, let me put it this way. And I also believe that the government doesn't really care that, you know, you sell your ass as long as you get to pay your taxes mm -hmm. and you get to do that on porn. Look, how they get Al Capone, uh, tax evasion. Tax evasion, right? yep. It's pay the fucking taxes. Yes, the IRS <laughs> will get you. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm talking with this guy. We're talking about... Um, Your driver guy. Yeah, my Uber driver. I'm telling him about my ID and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I have some girls that I can refer you to. And I'm like, okay. When I mean girls, of course, I mean any woman above the age of 18. We're one day, you know, he... he brings this girl to my apartment and of course i'm not going to bring any strangers into my house so i met them in a public area in mm. my apartment there was nothing to hide mm. uh i meet with her and the moment that i meet with her i sit on the big table in the conference room at the community room of my apartments and i'm talking with her about like um how many you see uh, how, like how many pictures do you have in your website like what do you do you have clips what, yes, do you, what are you camming course. at what are you doing yeah exactly and then she told me no he told me you were going to do everything for me i'm like no 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 uh, no, no no so then but at the time she's she's escorting at the time at the time i think she in, in, for the story like now if we fast forward to me yeah. seeing the transcripts and you know the 
details from the papers from my lawyer. Yes, apparently she was uh, a minor that she was being prostituted. She ran away from home like about a year and a half before I met her. So she was like being passed from pimp to pimp to pimp. Mm -hmm. I think she met her first pimp at a like fast food restaurant from Tinder or some website, you know? And immediately, like, I could tell that something was not right, you know? Like, I could tell she was like, okay, I can tell, like, you look rough in the edges. How do you mean? Like, how'd she look? What were you saying? Her hair, she was really pretty, very pretty. She looked mature. Like, she looked like 18, 19, 20. She did not look what her age was, you know? How old was she? And I'll tell you her age in a minute. Save the surprise. Yes. So, uh, we all know it's under 18. So, uh, then she, um, her hair was like a little messed up. So, I mean, she looked rough on the edges. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to mean. Uh, and I was like, and I, but at first I saw, you know, like, okay, you want to become a legitimate model. You want to make business, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, look, I can offer you this. We can do this and we can do that. And she's like, oh, that sounds perfect. Everything legal. Like, you know, her body, we set up a photo shoot with my photographer. You know, we do nice photos. We do um, profile pictures for your uh, model mayhem backstage. um, So you're helping her not just to maybe get into porn, but also to just model. Yes, of course. Okay, okay. Yes. Yes. I mean, I have a name, Jesse Dubai. Yeah. You know, yes, it's because of porn, but I also have a name that backs me up in the industry of modeling mm-hmm. and acting. So why not use that name since I might not be able to cross mainstream right away, help someone that got polished yeah. because of me to do that. And you would know? you be operating like as an agent or are you just like of being course. Okay, okay, I, of I was course. just curious. It'll be like taking maybe you're girls. just doing it out of the goodness of your heart. No, being of course. Uh, it'll be like me taking girls. It was for me. That was yeah. my thought. Me taking girls under my wing to help them so they do not go through doing pro bono the way I had to do sometimes, oh. the way I had to like pay for my own trips to basically perform at different uh, studios, you know, mm. just to be out there when I first started that literally didn't took me anywhere until I actually had an idea, uh, a plan, a how I'm going to do this, you know, play by play. And every month, what am I going to do in order to get there? You know, that's when I started actually being recognized, being, you know, taken into consideration that I became who Jesse Dubai is. Now. What was it that you did that made you become Jesse Dubai? Because you said doing the pro bono and the that that early rookie stuff wasn't helping. So what was it you did? Was it well, the rookie stuff was pretty much, you know, guys hitting you up on hitting me up online or hitting me up on my emails and stuff, asking me if I wanted to do a shoot and stuff and. Of course, you know, girls back then we're talking, I'm telling you, this was like 2013, 14. Yes, 2010, around that time. That, of course, I did, you know, times, it's not that times were tough, but at the same time, a a trans girl wouldn't be able to get a job that easy, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Since I was younger, I was already working at a bar. I was already working, you know, um, adult nightclub jobs, you know, of course, with a fake ID, but the girl needed to pay her food and pay her shelter. So, um, I started trying to, you know, put myself out there doing modeling here and there, but, you know, nothing really came out of it. We'll get the guys, like I said, pro bono that, hey, let's do a video, you know, but I thought it was going to be a production. Then later it turns out to be just, you know, a dude with his camera in his house. And I'm like, 
Are you sure? And I mean, no, it's it like, sounds cliche. It's like, are you male talent or do you just not want to pay an escort? And so you bought a camera because it was cheaper. Yes. <laughs> so, but at those moments, you don't see it because like you're new, you're naive and you're like, I guess we can say like you're hungry for that desire. And so trusting, I'm sure. Just that like, you're willing to yeah. like, yeah, you know, maybe something will come out of this. But I did that. It was into like, Someone told me, why don't you build a website and do porn? I don't want to do porn. Like, what my like? What would my family think and this and that? It got to my head that I'm like, no. If I'm going to be a whore, I'm going to hmm. be a successful one. If I'm going to be selling my ass and people's talking about me, they better be talking about how good I do it and how good I look. Well, what's Nothing the difference else. between you getting into porn and doing the shoots with the guys online? Were those non-porn shoots and they were just, was that just um, non-nude modeling? Like, it didn't lead nowhere. That's the thing. Right. It, it was just, it didn't lead nowhere. Right. Okay. It was until I actually sit down and I told myself, okay, we're going to start webcaming. We're going to see how that works because that way I'm in control. I do what I want. I work when I want. Mm -hmm. And of course I had a, a day job. I had um another income um sources, yeah. my um burlesque shows, my performances at nightclubs. But at night, you know, I will always come back home and chatterbait or do a few um what was it? Flirt for free, I remember. Flirt for free? Oh, yes. wow. I, some of these sites like don't even exist, I'm sure. Like I used to webcam in college, but that was like almost a decade ago. And I'm thinking like, I don't even, I, I don't even know if that site exists anymore. Cause like I've never seen it. I've never seen anyone plug adult, adult t friend time or something on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and now looking back, I was like, what the fuck was I even on? <laughs> right. You're like, are they even on anymore? Yeah. So I started doing the webcaming. Mm -hmm. And after the webcaming, I started liking it and I started getting more uh, viewers that later company, I got um, offered by different companies to build me a website and manage it for me. The first try that I did, it was with someone, a company in india or something it took like that three, sounds legit <laughs> six months to get my website and they did a good job but the thing is that i will have to send them my content to them so they will upload it and manage mm, it and okay. then i'm like oh that sounds too hard i mean it sounds easy but not too hard i want to manage it. i want to be the one that decides when i upload it how i upload mm, okay. it kind of like you know having a myspace taking where, more ownership over your content yes, business like we do now with like this, uh, my, my website that you on one on when as a member, you see one site, but me as logging in as Jesse Dubai, I see the whole, I see the whole picture of like right. the, how many fans I have, how many, um, cells, how many clips mm -hmm. am I behind? When was the last time I uploaded and, you know, keep it up yeah. to date. So now, so now you want to become, now you've, de you decide, okay, I want to help other trans women like, get out there and and get into the industry whether they want to model if they want to do porn and what happened with this girl okay she comes to your house she's like rough around the edges but we're gonna set this up we're gonna take some pictures we're gonna start your accounts and we're gonna get you going everything was perfect and then i said um can i see your um id so i can take mm, pictures yeah. and um you can sign this model release for me I don't have an ID. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't have an ID? Everyone needs to have an ID, sweetheart. Oh, I lost it, this and that. I'm like, 
I'm so sorry. I took my papers back. And then I told her, I was like, look, uh, legally, I cannot work. I would love to work with you. I feel like I can do so much for you and we can help each other. You're super pretty. And like, I can tell you're having a rough time. Like, that's when I kind of like, I guess I brought it out. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I can tell you're having a rough time and I would love to help you. Yeah. But if you don't have legal ID that it shows me your name, your age, I can't do anything yeah. because I can get in trouble, you know? Yeah. It was like something in the back of my mind telling me, like, don't fuck this up, bitch. Like, oh. don't. <laughs> Follow your instincts. Mm -hmm. And then I told her, I was like, here. And I remember ripping a piece of paper and then pulling pulling out of my purse two business cards. One was the phone, the piece of paper, I wrote my phone number. And the other two business cards, I had the phone number for the homeless woman shelter downtown. Mm -hmm. And then I had my the phone number of my um, therapist, which I know she helps girls um, find places where to stay or, yeah. you know, shelter. So I told her, whenever you need anything, call any of these three numbers or reach out to them. This one is mine and this is this. Mm -hmm. You know, are, are you okay? Have you eaten? Like, yeah. I asked her and she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like... You know, you, you, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do, right? Like, are, are you sure you're okay? Like, something was like more telling because she started getting nervous. And she's like, okay, I, I, I gotta go. I'm like, okay. So then she leaves. I never see her again, but she was like very willing. Like, she was like, like the, for the way she was talking, she was like, oh yeah, I'm ready to hustle. I'm ready to do this, that, that, blah, blah. Imagine, you know, me talking with Cardi B, you know, like yeah. I'm ready this, yo, I want money, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, perfect. But it was when I asked for the ID and that I brought it out that Something I'm like, shifted. okay. Yeah. It was like a totally different move. Total, she was like, I didn't know you were going to ask for that. Am I getting caught? Yeah. Um, I mean, had, had you ever been, were you, when you were growing up in her position at all, did you have Many a times. rough time? Many times. Do you think that kind of informed? Of course. Noticing? I can always recognize the fears, the fear in someone's eyes because I've seen it myself in the mirror when I've used to have to go to John's houses, you know, just to pay my rent or do this. There was times that I would walk inside the bathroom and look at my eyes and I could see the fear in, like, I could see myself like very tough, like I can do this. But then like my eyes wouldn't be able to lie. Like I can see the fear, like, you know, they're shiny, but with a dull look, yeah. like sadness more than like excitement, you know, glow type yeah. of thing. How old were you when you were, when you started escorting? It was not too much escorting. Okay. It was, I was, I was what working was at a bar. I started like at 15 because I ran, not ran away from home, but my dad said, as long as you live under my roof, you live under my rules sure. and i started paying him rent and then he started like still telling me you can't do this you can't do that i'm like okay this is not gonna work i'm gonna go what were the rules else. that you were not following was i it cannot i could not you know dress up and be myself mm -hmm. i could not you know go out with my friends and come back when i wanted i would of course i was not expecting to come at three four in the morning were you you were always trans at that point yeah i was okay. trying and how wanting was, to transition and he he was not okay with that it was like that kind of thing as long as you're in my it house it was like you, a, it was like a known secret it gotcha. was like we know but just don't do it in the house you know? yeah we don't want to see you know you yeah. in the dress now okay. here's a kicker my dad's gay <laughs> what uh, right how it's just like come on like 
if I if I was you and he said that to me, I just I come on. Like really, <laughs> like, that's on. exactly what I said <laughs> when he said, "I don't want you to be in this world because I live in this world and it's not a safe place." I'm like, so, well, fuck me, right? You got your butthole destroyed. You got to do whatever <laughs> the fuck you want. Now yeah. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Like sure. you lived your life, and I spoke with him like that because. My dad got me that, like, confidence of talking with him, like, as friends. Like, mm. you know, like, sometimes he'll even, I remember when I turned 23, like, he will start telling me about, like, his hookups, and I will tell him about mines, you know? Right. But it was not thing, like, dirty or sexual. It was more of, like, a mom and a daughter talking about their husbands, even yeah. though, oh, mom, don't talk about my dad, you yeah. know? When I said, well, I want to I wanna be a woman. Oh, no. That was the... You're going to look like a clown. But he was afraid for me, for being bullied, for yeah. being, you know, because um, being gay, you can at least hide it. Act like like a boy mm-hmm. and no one will tell you anything. Act tough and you'll be fine. But no, that's the worst. That's when you're the the, the least fine, because that's when I became when I, I started acting. My whole life was an act, always trying to act tough, always trying to act like I'm like a bully, even though I'm like super scared inside you know people could see through that and i just look like a clown like look at that gay boy trying to act straight like who Mm. believes that you know (laughs) um but yes i did got bullied sometimes i did got in fights and stuff but i never backed down i always Mm. said i will still punch your face doesn't matter (laughs) if you call me a fat but ah this fat will punch your face um you know i never look for fights and I, I always try to avoid them. But when I had to defend myself, I had right. to. It got to the point that people, my friends in school and stuff, they all started respecting me. That I started getting this confidence that I'm like, if people's going to like me, they're going to like me for who I am regardless. Yeah. You know, I don't see myself as a bad person. I don't see myself as a bad family member. I cherish uh, family a lot. I believe that, you know, doesn't matter what happened, family is family, and you got to be there no matter what. So I figure my family loves me. This is their test. They didn't have to put up with this. Has has dad, did dad come around at some Oh, time? of course. My family oh, of kissed course. The There's plenty of people who go like, you know, no, I haven't seen him in 20 years. I don't know. My family literally would kiss the floor where I walk okay. because many reasons, whether it's because of sometimes the advi- advisements that we have exchanged among ourselves, sometimes because of the help that I have provided for them, sometimes because, you know, the things that I did for them in the past. So it doesn't matter what, like my family's there. They might not agree a hundred percent with my decisions, but they don't judge them. Okay. Um, every doesn't matter what it is, whether I want a award for you know, being a porn star or whether I won an award for, you know, my performance or uh, art clip that I yeah. did, they still cheer for me and they, you know, share my stories. My mom's like, every time I, I post a video of me performing, doesn't matter if like my I boobs are just that. covered with pasties and I'm half naked, she'll still like repost that's it and be ass. like, that's, that's my, my baby, baby. that's my daughter. <laughs> so, so there's some, and so, but when you had to start like paying rent though and or moving out, you started you started hooking taking on johns here and there or? uh well it was not literally hooking it was taking not taking johns it was pretty much kind of like the way i see it it was keeping the secret because i was working at a bar where for every let's say you buy me a drink okay for eight dollars right uh three dollars will go to the bar and the rest will go for me okay and i will sit with you and take that drink 
Yes, some people might call it prostitution, escorting, but I wasn't having any sexual intercourses with anyone. It was like, okay. You were chatting uh, with people. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm a waitress. I need to be wiping tables. I mean, I'm a really good waitress. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a really hardworking performer. doesn't matter whether it's scrubbing toilets or whether it's, you know, fucking in front of a toilet for a porn. <laughs> I still do it with grace, and I'm really good at any job that I do. Okay. So when I was waitressing, you know, like working you know tables i always a guy will be like come sit with me like and my friends like let's have a drink I'm like sure let me go get a drink give me a drink i'll sit down and i will take the wait for the whole drink to finish and i'll be like okay well I'll talk right. to you later you know i can have another drink like in 10 minutes but like All i right. need to like keep doing my job well you described like going to john's houses and like going to the bathroom and looking in the mirror and being scared and so was that was when you will get like a really like you knew a guy that will come into the bar and spend a lot of money, you know, like he mm. buys bottle service, um, bunch of tables, you know, VIP service, all that stuff. If you finally go into, you know, like the area, cause finally, I guess you look good enough and he tells you to come. You're hanging out. He's sitting by your side, mm. you know, and he's touching you and this and that. And then suddenly he asks you to come with him. And you say, well, no, I have this. And then he just pulls out a thousand dollars right there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, here, take them. Come with me tonight. And at that moment, I really, really, really needed the sure. money. So, so it's like, not like you were putting out ads. It was just like by way of working at this bar, you would find yourself in situations where you're getting paid yeah, of course. for some stuff. I okay. mean, I'm a sexual being. Yeah. So if a guy wanted to hook up with me, I will hook up with them. But they they always were afraid of me telling on them. So I guess my... Telling wife, on them to like their wives or something? Or? Yeah. Or like telling among the waitresses or people at work that I had sex with them, you know? Because okay. a lot of these guys also were like into a lot of all the other girls, the other waitresses and, or the dancers. Mm-hmm. And they came to see them, but because they couldn't, you know, take them, yeah. I was there and they look cute. I sure. look cute. Sure, give me a ride home. One, when I least notice, you know, his dick is in the back of my throat. <laughs> so, and, so back to this, this gal, this, uh, gal you're trying to help, the underage one. Um, you, you sense stuff is off. You see something from your past in her. Mm-hmm. And and she gets she's a little jittery and she's like, Oh, I gotta go. What what happens next? She well, she leaves, they leave. I never hear from her again. My friend, um Driver. Driver asked me has a conversation with me over the phone about um the girl doesn't he doesn't know what happens to her and I was like, Well, I can't work with her because you know, she doesn't have an ID. He's like, Oh, don't worry, you know, I think I have two other more. And uh, I another one might be calling me. And at that moment, he had asked me if I could help, you know, him with like screening, like the way I screen all the companies that I work for, the way I screen any nightclub that I perform for or anything that has to do with my business. Mm-hmm. I screen them. I go through like, you know, I become a private investigator for myself. So he asked me if I could do that for, you know, girls. And in my way, in my in my head, I thought, sure. It'll be like me helping girls not get, you know, in trouble, not get murdered, not get raped, raped killed, yeah, not all that get stuff. scammed either. Yeah. So, talking with friends and talking with lawyers that are friends, they're like, "Nope, that immediately is you contributing to human trafficking." And I'm like, "No, I'm not getting the johns for them. The they, the girls will call me and they'll be like, "Hey, this dude is calling me. What do you think?" Um. 
what do you think you know about him and i will go online and search nope that's right. still that's that's what we were talking about what i mentioned before the whole they'll use the pimping laws to say when you're just trying to help you know uh help keep her safe they'll be like well no that's pimping yeah for example it'll be i because i do it with my homegirls all the time like Hey girl, like I met this guy. Send me the picture. Oh, perfect. Let me see. Cause I think he's dating this girl. And it's not even mm. about John's. It's about just like dating. Sure. It's like logging into Facebook. Oh yeah, girl, he's dating this girl. You're the from friend Miami. who researches the new Tinder match. Yes, exactly. You know? So I didn't say it back because in my mind and in my heart there was nothing like deviant or like in a way for me to be like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna make money out of this. <laughs> and you were screening potential Johns or you were screening like no, porn I was, companies. I was, I was no, I was screening myself. It was all myself. No, no, I mean you were like the who were you screening? Johns for these girls, or you were screening like companies it from would the be, shoe for? It would be the guys for what he's told me. He's like, you will right. Johns. Okay, that, I was, that, I'm clarifying between like finding them the porn work and the sex work that they were doing. Yes, right. basically they will be calling me to um screen Johns for them and that was like that's when i told my friends and they're like well he's asking you to actually do john's because he actually he's like companies or something like no just different you know guys yeah just companies guys i don't know like i don't know yet i haven't done it i haven't agreed to it Mm. so i don't know if it's gonna be a company i don't know if it's going to be a a model scouter i don't know if it's going to be john the ones to hire them for a private event i don't know but i will find out at that moment Mm. and they're like nope that will get you in trouble. Yeah. Just stay away. Yeah. The Uber driver, this guy knew a lot about me. Knew my house. Knew personal stuff about me. Knew because of conversations that I've had in his taxi. And because of conversations that me and him we had, I knew that this was a person that I did not want it to double cross. And I did not want it on my enemy side. Mm. As well as I did not want it him in my friend's side. Okay. You know, I did not want it to be associated with anything. One year goes by. Well, that he asked me about that. I tell him, I'm like, look, I Never can't. Never mind, yeah. I'm actually going. I, I love to. Sure, no problem. Like, how about if, you know, we'll do it. We'll set it for later. Because right now, I'm doing Exotica in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to be traveling around the country. You with, push him back. With Savannah. Yes, let, let's let's keep it, you know, let's, let's, let's put it in the back of the books. Yeah. And we'll, you know, get back at it. Because I won't be able to, you know, help you. And then he's like, okay, no, I understand. And then the calls like stopped because other, I was traveling already. I I didn't need an Uber driver to take me to school. So the business that we had, I already kind of didn't want it to be part of any of that. You know, I was like, okay, perfect. I got rid of it. Everything's clean. Six, seven months go by and the private investigator comes to my house and asks me if I can testify or if I can, cause he's collecting, um, um, information because his client got arrested for, um, human trafficking of this, of a minor. Turns out that the girl, she was 16, about to be 17 mm. when I met her. And the client of that investigator, is that the driver? The driver. So yes. the driver was actually doing some shady shit the whole time and was trying to rope you into doing shady shit. Because too. I had a name. <clears throat> because you had a name. Uh, okay, wow. So it's like, he had, I guess he was like trying to build like a escrow ring or trying to bring, you know, prostitution or whatever ring. But all he needed was like the exposure 
I would have been that exposure because mm. people would be like, oh, yeah. Oh, just Google Jessie Dupai. She works with me. I work with her immediately. You know, mm. I'm not saying that I'm the great. What was but the plan? Least... Was it to say like, oh, we're doing like for you to tweet like pictures of them and say like, oh, do what was... I don't know. We never talked about it. <laughs> sure, gotcha. Like, you know, we never talked about it. I am finding it about like all of this after as the case and the trial oh. and all that stuff is going. So. The investigator comes and I'm like, he's like, it turns out that she's a well, a minor. I'm like, sure, please come in. What can I offer you? You know, I have nothing to, to hide. And if that bastard was prostituting that minor, of course I want yeah. him to go to jail. I want to do my part. And I even cried to that in, in, investigator because I'm like, how come I didn't sigh? Like I saw the fear in her eyes. I told her, you know, to stay away from anything that will be dangerous. Like, cause I even remember telling, telling her, you know, like, you know, you don't like, you don't have to prostitute yourself. You don't have to sell your ass, show your ass. If you don't want to, you can become a model as long as you mm -hmm. see yourself as one and you work yourself into becoming one. You know, I, I, yes, I did, I did what I had to do when I was growing up, but it, if I would have skipped those steps and just focus and did my work to actually reach out to becoming a model for different companies you know i would have saved myself from so much danger from so much experiences and also i would have you know stopped myself from so many amazing experiences i also mm -hmm. do have to say that so um the in, the investigator comes and i guess he tells me everything later it, it turns out that the investigator was not the investigator that he was helping the uber driver or like you know the in the defense turns out to be that that was the um persecution yeah, yeah. investigator so some of my words got twisted you know and they made him look like i was basically saying that i was throwing him under the bus and I was like, okay, I, I don't care. I, it's fine. You know, I have nothing, you know. You met this chick one it. time and had one conversation. Yeah. So I even like, I, I have no more else to help, mm. you know. Well, it turns out that this girl, she got arrested so, so, and she's been prostituted for the last so and so months. And her mom has been looking her for her. Mm. Yada, yada, yada. So I go back to traveling. I don't hear anything from them. I remember telling my family and telling my assistant at that moment. And then one year, half a year later, like seven, eight months again, I'm in New York and I get the call from my assistant. Hey, the FBI is outside. <laughs> what do they need? How can I help them? Oh, it's about the Uber driver case. And I'm like, let me speak with them. I'm like, hey, what happened? How can I help? It was never like, what did I do? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, immediately, I what can I do? How can I help? And then they're like, I'm like, if they would have asked me, like, go to a police station and, you know, do this, I'll be like, okay, yeah. I'll go. What's up? You know, let me, let me help. So they're like, we need you to come, um, come back as soon as you can because there is, uh, the, investigation against the Uber driver. That's how they called the case, the Uber driver. So and so and so. And we would like for you to testify in front of a grand jury. Um, <clears throat> basically, you are subpoenaed to. Yeah. And you know, when it's subpoenaed, you have no option but mm -hmm. just go there. So I was like, okay. So I fly out Sunday. I get here Monday. I get to Denver Monday. I get my subpoenaed. Um, once I get my subpoenaed, they leave. 
And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? And I called lawyers and I called lawyers and every lawyer was like, well, I need $5,000 retainer. I need $10,000 retainer. Mm -hmm. I need to see the case. I need to um, see what's going on. I'm like, there's no time for it. I literally need you to go with me to court tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Oh, we don't do it like that. We need, like now when I got my lawyer, I was like, it took me a fucking week to get my lawyer. Mm -hmm. How the fuck did they thought that I will be able to testify, uh, get right? in monday uh to tuesday and i was like and i told myself that this is an advice always talk to a freaking lawyer before you yeah never show up to a grand jury uh without a lawyer just i don't care how innocent you are just uh always have one lawyer just make them wait they will wait wait. yeah (laughs) make them wait now i look back at this time and i'm like if i would have known that day i would have not show up to court and if they would have sent up for my arrest i would have been like I was getting myself a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. You, were you know, but I didn't know I could do that. Um, I was naive. So you go and you testify. And I then go what in, happens? I testify, and I sit down in the first room that I sit down. I sit in front of the prosecutor. That she tricked me, she wasn't the prosecutor. Right. And then she's telling me, So why are you here? And just like I'm talking with you in an interview, you know, well, this happened. Apparently, I'm, why are you here? Right. Uh, because she's like, um, your name? Um, and why are you here? And I'm like, well, I'm here for this Uber case. And tell me more. And, and, and she was just talking with me. She was yeah. not writing anything. She's like, will you repeat everything that you just told me on the other side when yeah. we go into this room? Um, the prosecution is going to ask you some questions, this and that and that. And you need to answer with the truth. And I'm like, yes, I have nothing to fear. Perfect. Okay. Let's do this. Let's go to, to the, podium i I, they opened the door for me and it was like a show again for me because immediately right there i thought i was gonna get there like in court and then people was gonna like you know arrive little after me no everybody was there already the 12 jurors the um police officers um but you're not necessarily charged like you're not charged no one's ever charged you at any point yeah no so i just went there basically as a witness as a key witness i guess and you know i went i sit down and the first question was can you please introduce yourself to the grand jury my name is so and so, also known as model actress Jessie Dubai. Can you please remember what we spoke earlier? Tell me everything the way you said it earlier. Can you please introduce yourself the way you introduced yourself earlier? And I'm like, okay, I'm Jessie Dubai. I'm, I'm Jessie Dubai. TS porn star. I'm pretty sure a lot of people here have seen my work. Like, no, what wait. do you want? <laughs> I said. My name, uh, well, I am yeah. Jessie Dubai, also so-and-so. Yeah. Uh, I am a porn star actress, blah, blah, blah. And basically, when she asked me that question, then I said, okay, um, my name is so-and-so, also known as porn star Jessie Dubai, actress and model. Porn star. While she raises her red hand, pointing out her finger to the sky. That's the word I wanted you to use. And by you saying you're a porn star, have you ever received money in exchange for sexual purposes? At that moment, I was like, you bitch. You motherfucking bitch. You need, oh, so many things went through my mind that I'm like, okay, calm down, girl. You've seen enough law and order. 
You've seen a lot of lot. Not TV enough shows. to say I would like my lawyer. <laughs> Not enough to say I would like my lawyer. But at that moment, I think myself took a seat back, and Jesse Dubai kicked in. Uh-oh. And then I remember looking at her and being like, "Ma'am, if you are asking me that if I have received money." In exchange for sexual purposes as a prostitute, the answer is no. But my job as a porn actress and model requires me to perform sexual acts in front of a camera where I do receive a check that gets deducted taxes that pays your salary. So you answer that question for Mm -hmm. me. Do I say yes or do I say no? Do not, uh, please do not answer with a question. Now check this out. The whole grand jury was made of only three women in their 20s. Okay. And the rest of them were in their 80s, 60s. So imagine having a Hispanic transsexual porn star in front of them. Basically, I, they see me, they're the Christians and they see me as the witch. Right. That was literally a trial, witch trial. Yeah. You know, I was not there to be a witness. I was there to be prosecuted without That's what you get for trusting white people. I know. (laughs) Tell me about it. Now I know. And now I'm better at it. Um, So you testified at that grand jury. Did you get brought up on charges after? And what was the charge? Because of the questionnaires and stuff. The, the kind of questions and stuff, it got to the point that I ended up telling the prosecutor, uh, I'm so sorry, I cannot help you anymore. I'm going to go look for a lawyer. That's yeah. when he kicked in like, bitch, no, you need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I am not arrested. I, you, you need me. I right. don't need you. So I got up and I remember like leaning my, uh, against the table and looking at my prosecutor and saying i'm going to leave and i'm gonna go get a lawyer and then she said do you need a lawyer and i remember like leaning and kind of like stomping my hand on the desk and looking her dead on the eye and i said no i don't need a lawyer but the way you're treating me and the way you're twisting my words and the way that lady is only typing what you're saying and is not typing when i talk it doesn't seem like it's fair to me so yes i do need a lawyer because of how i'm being treated Mm -hmm. i got up and look at the panel of um grand jury and i'm like i'm so sorry i can't help anymore but i'm more than happy to be subpoenaed and uh come back anytime With as long as yeah. i have my lawyer because the way miss done what miss <clears throat> pers- my persecution is making me feel i do not feel right. comfortable i'm feeling prosecuted did you uh, <clears throat> so did you get arrested before you came back with the lawyer i turn myself in okay i leave and they said, you can't leave. I'm like, am I under arrest? They said, no, thank you. Have a wonderful day. Yeah. I run to my car and I burst into tears. I call my dad. I call my husband. I call everyone. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna in trouble. <laughs> I go get a lawyer. And then it turns out that the grand jury came back with 12 charges, raising from human trafficking of a minor, pandering of a minor. Basically, what happened? Yeah, all the, all the what hap- hitting you with all the stuff. What's like happening with like... All um, the stuff that really should be the Uber driver is supposed to get charged with. Yes. Yeah. So, so what happened? How did you get off? Okay, spoiler alert, everyone. She got off on the charge. Of course. Yeah. But how, how, what was the process of getting off? Did you go to trial or not? I, I fought for one year getting my evidence because they said we have evidence yeah. against you. And I'm like, give me my yeah, evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing discovery. Give me my evidence. Yeah. They never gave no, me the discovery. They never gave me the discovery. They only gave me like long, 
runarounds like oh this oh that here and there and i'm like dang it until they got to the point that they said okay we're gonna give you a deal and i'm like because i was facing 50 to 60 years in prison so they're like we're gonna give you a deal and i'm like what is that deal they're like we'll give rid of all the charges and leave you with three those charges were um what was it um possession of controlled substances conspiracy of a, a minor helping a minor with illicit activities mm-hmm. and pandering of a minor for prostitution or something and those will leave me in a jail not prison for 10 to 15 years what a deal uh, what a i deal. don't think you have anything so now check the kicker this is when i remember telling them you want to dance this tango let's dance becky she said but you cannot ask me for your evidence in return that's when i said because you don't have any yep. i'm like nope I don't want the deal, and I want my evidence. And I told my lawyer, I remember like sit, sitting with my lawyer next to me and getting up, and I smacked my fingers on my lawyer, and I told him, let's go. We have nothing to do here. Right. And then I told him, I was like, you're supposed to be getting me a good uh, deal. You're my lawyer. You're right. supposed to be kicking ass, not kissing her ass as we were walking down. And I told him, if you can't do your job, tell me so I can fire you and find someone else, mm-hmm. you know, because you work for me. Yeah. You know, because he was like, don't smack your fingers. So how did he get you off? Or did you have to get someone new? No, I didn't get no one new. I ended up, um, you know, fighting the case until they they, they got to the point that my victim came to testify after like a whole year. Basically, it was like one week before the trial. Mm -hmm. We were on the week for the pre-trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With nine charges left. And she's doing like her deposition. and Mm, No, she was... To, um, um, being a witness for a case, um, and she was a victim for another case around the same time she was my victim. Okay. So my prosecutor on the last court, she found out of that and she wanted to go get the transcripts from that court into my case to see if there was any, you know, crisscross yeah. references. But for her luck or my luck, she stumbled upon the victim and cause she didn't have any more time cause the following Friday was the, the trial. Mm-hmm. So there was no extension. You go, you got permission to go get the papers, but you don't get extension to read them, to go over them. You get them, get what you want. And that's it. I'm not okay. giving you more. She gets there and she's like, bingo, the victim's here. So they ask her if she can testify to prosecute me and she can testify to do, you know, against me and then she said yes i can testify and when they asked her what did she do how did she do everything that i've told them since the beginning that they didn't believe me yeah. everything she repeated to the she team corroborated she corroborated and they, and they dropped it all i bet right yep. after do you want to do any charges nope yep. at that moment they call me on monday and they're like hey we need you to come on friday so you can sign the papers no they call me that same day and they're like hey at, at night 9 8 p.m they're like hey so it turns out that this happened that happened so <clears throat> On Friday, you're going to go sign the papers because the persecution is dropping all the charges Fantastic. on you. And the thing is that by dropping the charges on me, they dropped the charges on everyone else. They wanted me. Like, they were not even important about the Uber driver. Jesse, that's how me. hot you are, is that they even the prosecution wanted you that badly. They were just like, we want Jesse. And it's like, I appreciate, you know, the fandom, but this is an inappropriate way to get me in a room. Right? It's like, if you want an autograph, just ask. You don't have to arrest me. Yeah, um, it was horrible. <laughs> but after that, it gave me, like, more drive to be like, okay, yeah. I'm not going to ever let this any happen to anyone. So I'm always going to speak about this. I'm always going 
going to. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm actually proud that, yes, I was, I actually say it with pride. I was accused of human trafficking of a minor, but I was innocent. I tried to do the right thing and things didn't went the way it should have been. But it ultimately worked but out. But ultimately, yes, it yeah. worked out to the benefit of one, the law and to the benefit of me, mm -hmm. my innocence. Cause I do have to say, I did thought I was never afraid of my innocence. I was always afraid of how the system will twist my innocence into right. me being guilty for their own benefit. Yeah, the government doesn't have a, a great history with trans Mexican porn stars. Uh, they, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. I, I want to make sure you get to your signing on time. Um, so we're, we're gonna. I just want to let people know where can they find you. Of course, my clips are on jessydubai.com. That's Jesse with a Y. Yes, the jessydubai.com or Twitter ts Jesse. My Instagram, of course, the Jesse Dubai. The Jesse Dubai. Because mm -hmm. some bitch is sitting on at Jesse Dubai. Right. <laughs> well, uh, Jesse, thanks so much for chatting with me. And why don't you uh, go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? You guys, it was so nice to be here. I had such an amazing time chatting, remembering those most sour and most amazing strong time mm -hmm. of my life. If so. we learned anything. Always get a lawyer. A lawyer. <laughs> Always five. bring a lawyer now. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. I think we're all happy to hear that Jesse Dubai no longer has to fear prison bars. Happy that she got off that rap. Uh, folks, June 4th, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Spend my birthday countdown with me. Let's count down to 31, an age that no one ever cares about. All of my $7 and up fan whores are invited to the party. Become a member at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. You should already be following me on the socials, but if this is your first time at this rodeo, I'm on Twitter at TheBillyProceda, and I'm on Instagram at BillyIsProceda. And if you want to shoot me a, an email with a, a more involved question, a big comment, maybe you've got a legit criticism, or you just want to show me your titties, you can send that all over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Also, if you would like an opportunity to both uh, hear yourself on this podcast for the chance to win some cold, hard cash, shoot me that email, manropod at gmail.com. My fan whores will be the first ones uh, to be given any of those slots. Next week, everybody, Emily Lubin is going to be calling in for the show. Uh, she's got a new podcast coming out. I've been on Hot Mess Comedy Hour so many times. We've had Andrea over here so many times. It's been a complete oversight that we have not had on the Lubination. So tune in next week for that. That's going to be dope. I'm actually recording it tomorrow with her. I'm excited. Be kind to yourselves out there, okay? Keep trying to stay sane. Keep holding strong. I know it's tempting. Just hold out a little longer. I know you can do it. You can physically do it. You know what I want you to do from home? I want you to stay slutty. <laughs>